0: welcome to the depths of motherhood podcast the show that is ready to go deep into the exploration of raising wildlings in today's world and how to tap into your innate wisdom hosted by danielle baker a women's circle facilitator doula and passionate mother danielle welcomes guests onto the show who are dedicated to positively influencing the world of pregnancy birth parenting and humaning in general join us to debunk the myths and reveal truths that will realign you back to your true nature mothering in today's world may seem overwhelming at times. This podcast aims to cut through the noise to share with you information to support you on your journey. If you love this podcast, show your support by signing up to the Depths of Motherhood Patreon, starting from as little as $3. If you join the highest tier, you'll gain access to the Women's Circle Online, run by Danielle, where she shares weekly live gatherings, sharing tools for body literacy, womb healing, radical rest, and a space to explore conversations for rewilding. All classes are recorded and stored in the Living Library. If you're listening, you can receive 50% off monthly membership by clicking the link in the show notes.
1: Welcome everybody to the Depths of Motherhood podcast. I'm your host, Danielle. This week, Anna joins us to talk about microdosing psychedelics. Anna is a student of life, soul searcher, and deep diver into the layers of reality and consciousness. She left her comfortable and steady growing career as a special needs specialist back in Romania to go exploring and live across the world. She thought she was looking for adventure when in fact she was looking for herself and the courage to be fully self-expressed. After nine years of soul searching, she found her why, to be inspired and empower those around her through presence and example. She found that psychedelics, play, and flow states are a great combination to heal trauma, connect with herself, and allow the divine expression to pour through her. She is a third wave psychedelic coach, guiding those who want to design a life that they love based on play, presence, and connection. So I never expected myself to be having an episode on psychedelics, (laughs) but here I am, and it was amazing. So in this episode, Anna talks about the use of microdosing psilocybin, also known as magic mushrooms. And she talks about how this can be a tool for personal growth and healing. And she dives into the history and myths surrounding this medicine and how it can be used as an ally in navigating the challenges of life. She shares how microdosing can help us to untangle things deep within us and to see the world through a different lens and help us to tap into our own creativity and inner wisdom. If you've never heard of microdosing psychedelics before, or you there is some stigma or taboos surrounding magic mushroom psilocybin, I welcome you to sit with us with an open mind and heart to listen to the words that Anna has to share from her own experience. And if psilocybin has been a part of your life, then I really hope that this conversation helps you to explore this medicine and yourself a little deeper. So I'm really excited to get into this conversation. But before I do, I just want to remind you that Women's Circle Membership is open and we would love to welcome you into our community. We have weekly live gatherings and a space to share and be seen and be held. Even if you can't make the lives They're recorded and saved in the live-in library. We have had some amazing guest speakers on so far and there's so many more to come. Last week, we had Sherry on the show who is a holistic health coach specializing in supporting women at midlife to have an empowered transition through menopause. It was such a powerful conversation and there was a mix of women in the circle. Women who were not close To going into menopause and women who were in perimenopause right now. I learned so much about myself and the responsibility that I have to my body and how that each decision that I make will have an effect on me in the future. So, if you're curious, this is saved and you can go and find it once you join the membership. So, this week on the 28th of December, we are going to be holding a free event which is to hold space for the discussion around body dysmorphia. I posted something recently on Instagram where I got a lot of beautiful messages from women and men sharing their stories around their relationship with their body. And so in this event on Wednesday, we'll be coming together to reflect on certain questions that I'm going to pose to the group. And these are going to help us to see where this body dysmorphia may be rooted and how it's been expressed in our daily life and affected our relationship with ourselves and others. So my sister and I, Sean, are going to be holding space for this. So if you would like to join, you can find the link to the free community in the show notes. And then on Friday, we have an Envision board where we are going to be preparing to step into 2023 oh my gosh, I can't believe it. This I'm really looking forward to. We're really going to be tapping into what is really in our heart, what is really driving us and moving us through this life and going deeper within to see what aligns with our heart, what aligns with our truth. And from there, really embracing the emotion that that holds and riding on it that we can really start to welcome the things into our life that resonate with us because a lot of the time there's things in the way based on our fears and belief that really block us from stepping into our authentic self so I really hope that you can join us for this it's going to be super cozy and I'm really excited. And if you miss it because you're listening to this later on, it will still be a great circle to come back to because you can use the tools at any time of the year. Finally, I just want to say that I hope you've had a beautiful, peaceful time over the holidays and found some space for yourself to rest and be nourished. Okay, let's jump into this episode. Before we do... Let us just take a few big circles with the shoulders. So taking the circles back with the breath. Hey. Let's just do that a few times and really allowing the chest to open and the top of the head to reach to the sky. And let's just take it the other way. Noticing how your breath moves with the movement. Now taking the deepest breath in Feel where the breath reaches to, and let that breath leave your body with so much love and compassion. Thank you so much for being here, and I hope that this episode serves you well. Welcome, everybody, to the Depths of Motherhood podcast. I'm your host, Danielle. This week, I welcome Anna onto the show. Welcome,
2: Anna. Welcome, and thank you so much. Um, I don't know why I said welcome, but I am so happy to be here. <laughs>
1: You're welcoming all of our listeners to this space, to this creation that we are working on today.
2: You're <laughs> still right <here>. say, just...
1: <laughs> I got your back. You've got mine too, right? I hope. <laughs> yes, I do. Good. So I want you to start by just sharing how you got to this point with working with psychedelics and doing the work that you do. I actually found you through a friend of mine, Leah, Leah Lipson. I'll just give her a shout out mm-hmm. there. And she has been working with uh, psilocybin for a while now. And she's been giving me a lot of great contacts. And one of the names that came up was you. So we would love to hear your your story of how you got to this point.
2: Well, I'll, um, it's, a, it's a longer story. I'm, tra- I'm going to try and shorten it. <laughs> um, but, uh, um, basically five years ago, I was in a very dark spot. Um, my boyfriend at the time just left. Um, I kind of, my, my job was ending and I didn't know, like, I didn't really love it. I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. Um, I had to move. Um, and it was this transition phase where I was very unsure um myself and my strength and my ability and i i didn't really see the point of of living and not not like i had a suicidal thought it was just like this i would wake up every morning and um i would be like "Hmm, just another day nah no no, nothing special so um you know um i kind of tried and and make like get excited about life and um all these type of things but um, what happened is that I had moved in, a, in in another place, and my best friend from those masters um, she moved in with me, and together, like I saw through her um, being um, excitement for life and joy, and um, I was like hmm, curious. I, I really like that. And she was the DJ, like she was a dental uh, hygienist, but then she was also doing DJing on the side and she was going to all these, um, DJ parties and her and her friends would do MDMA together. Mm-hmm. And basically, um, I had never tried mm-hmm. psychedelics before, um, neither, uh, like not nothing really. <clears throat> um, and. I went to, a, I think it was a Tiesto, par- a tiesto concert, Tiesto party, and um, I did NVMA for the first time. And for the first time in my life, I could actually move my body and not be in my head stuck and mm. petrified by what people think of me. Like I remember back in, in college days, I would just go to Klaus with, uh, with my university uh, friends and... Uh, I could never really dance in front of other people. It was just like Mm. um, that fear of um, being judged and not being liked for how I look when dancing. It was petrifying my body. Mm. And so um, this experience felt so liberating. um, It really opened my mind to to the possibility of what it's like to live in a different kind of way, you know, mm. like more free, more fluid, more more um yeah, more open. And so that was my experience with MDMA. And then shortly after, like I was working in one of cannabis company at the time. And um I people started talking about um uh, mushrooms. And so I tried mushrooms and then i had these um beautiful experiences on my own where i would get very creative i would also like lay on the floor and cry for hours and then i would come out of it and i felt like rejuvenated and reborn and then i would get be more creative either dancing or painting or like exploring nature and so um it, i felt like i was back into this um a childlike state where everything was. Amazing, and uh, it was you know purposeful, you know, just being alive was purposeful, and so you know, transitioning from the days of my life where i I would wake up and I felt like hmm, just another day to that, it was just like a three sixty shift and um i I loved living life like that, you know, <laughs> and so. And so, um, I joined, um, microdose, uh, psychedelic community in Vancouver. I started going through their meetups. Um, I started experimenting with, um, LSD. And then, uh, on my first LSD experience, I had this mystical experience where, um, I was lying down in the sun and then I felt like I was floating at the edge of the earth and my face was facing, um, outwards into the universe. And I could feel this like, Light, creative energy, divine creative energy surrounding me, and uh, behind me it was Earth and all uh, human uh, makings. You know, all the mm-hmm. the ma- mankind uh, uh, yeah, makings, things. yeah, uh, things, uh, this world. And so, this at this point, my body opened like a portal, and that creative energy started pouring through me, and. In that moment, I realized that if I did everything in life but that, mm-hmm. my life would be in vain. Mm-hmm. If it was like my mission on earth is just to allow this divine creative energy to pour through me and manifest onto this earth and um, using my human existence to live this human experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was beautiful. Like, I didn't really know um what 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 i was going to do but i was committed to staying curious and open and so onto my radar came microdosing and i started um learning about it and reading about it and um i started my microdosing journey that um, you know it was a passion project i uh, shared about it at the meetup and people got even more curious and as i was deepening my practice and my experience and sharing it with others people were so curious about this and so from that emerged the first the microdosing journal uh, which is a systematic uh, tracking tool for people who start microdosing just to kind of collect personal data and identify how microdosing is impacting their lives and then um, uh, then the coaching practice um, and so, um, because I started, you know, sharing with my friends and when I'm passionate about something, you can feel that energy and it's, it's contagious. And, yeah. yeah. um, and so I realized that I could lead people to the spaces I've explored, right? So within the psychedelic community, um, we would have this, uh, mini retreats where we would explore with psychedelics and I had like eagle death and. So I was lost in other dimensions and regain myself and lost purpose for life and meaning for life and regained it and all these types of things and it was just so beautiful and so kind of you know I um, it it shifted right I I moved from being uh, you know marketing and digital uh, specialist into um, becoming a psychedelic coach um, uh, and microdosing coach and now I'm doing. Um, women's retreat in Costa Rica because I love you know creating transformational experiences for people. So, wait, you're in Costa Rica now. At, I moved to Costa Rica last September, um, and I stayed there for eight months. And now I'm traveling through US, but I'm going to go back because I have another retreat in November. I'm great. Whereabouts? Um, close to Tamarindo in Guanacaste. Oh, cool. I'm in um, Monteverde. Are you there? Yeah, I'm in Monteverde. Right oh now. my god! I should I should come
1: and visit you. And yeah, hundred percent. That would be amazing. I would love that. <laughs> oh my god! I'm the on my list. Oh, it's stunning. I absolutely love it here. Um, I just want to say thank you for sharing your your journey. That's truly incredible. And you know what comes up when you're saying this stuff is just like seeing how it's this drop of the constructs that been, have been put on us. It's like this wall can come down and we get to truly meet ourselves and feel that connection to everything. And then through this um, through this opening, there's this curiosity that arises where there's no expectations, but it's just this journey and this, this knowing. And I suppose it's hard to put into words actually because it's more um, experienced within the body. So putting words to it kind of, doesn't give it justice in some ways. And I know it does <laughs> And I, you know, I was brought up thinking that any drug was bad, bad news, and it was going to destroy you and destroy your life and destroy your family. It was just something to change their reality, give them an experience that wasn't the one that they were having in their life when they was without any of this. And you know, I feel that for myself, when I first took um, psilocybin I was I had a lot of fear because of my ingrained beliefs around it but I I didn't take it because I was expecting anything from it I actually took it as I was feeling in a really great mood and I was I was actually with Leah we were in Guatemala and I I took um, some psilocybin and then we went for a ceremony And it was all just very much like, I have no idea what's going to happen, but it was the first time it ever called to me to take it. All the other times I'd never been interested. I had a really interesting experience with it that made me see reality different because I couldn't understand what I was experiencing. It made no sense because as the leaves were like um, bulging and then retracting and moving in their own way, I was seeing them so differently. And I, hear, I could hear voices that were not present when I was in the ceremony, men's voices chanting. And I, I, wasn't, I wasn't afraid, but I was super curious. And then I actually did it by accident when I, I didn't realize that these chocolates had um, psilocybin in them. And I made my partner a drink, a uh, cacao, as you do when you're in Guatemala and it's like cacao and like, you know, ritual. and then he, we were laid on the bed and he said, have you given me, have you given me something? I'm like, no, I was just like massaging his back. He's like, oh my gosh, I can feel energy going from my tailbone to the top of my head. And I'm like, that must just be a really good masseuse, you know? And then um, <laughs> and I, I lay on the bed and I'm looking at the ceiling and the the patterns that, uh, you know, like the material in Guatemala is like all beautiful designs. And it, it started to move. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, oh my God. maybe, you know, maybe he's right. Maybe I did. I was like, well, I just used the chocolate that was in that bag in the kitchen. And he was like, yeah, you know, that chocolate, the mushrooms in it. Oh my God. <laughs> so I had this crazy experience where I was like underneath the tree saying, thank you, tree. And the tree was saying to me, I wish I could move because I want to shade you, but you're too far away. And he's like, and I I just had this experience where I saw things so clearly. And I was like, wow, the the nature is trying to, is communicating with me, not even trying. It really was. And, and then after that, I was so curious, you know, so I went on this adventure looking into Teres McKenna's work and I, I was just like, wow, this is a whole world that I have no information on. And it's it's totally fascinating. And it was actually, I used um, Paul Stamets regime initially, which was, I think it's every three days. Maybe you know more um, about this.
2: Paul Stamets, well, he changed his regime. It was five days um, on and two days off. And then it switched from four days on and three days off. Uh, okay, so I was on the, th- the th- four and the
1: three. And that's actually the one that I preferred, where there was a bigger space in between. But we'll get into microdosing even more as we go into this conversation. I, I wanted you to share why, why you think that there is this negative rep around psychedelics, around bringing them into our life, and these unconscious beliefs that we have around taking them. And that it's going to be negative on her life. So, if you could touch on that, that would be amazing. Because that was one of the mm-hmm. questions that came up in the groups when I'm asking in the community, What do you want me to ask, Anna? And they said, What are the risks? Why is there so much dark energy around psychedelics?
2: Mm, it's only really been stigmatized like that for like the past 60 years, like, over she's the 30s with cannabis, the, the cannabis. But if you look into a bit of the history, you know, in the United States, for example, so in the 50s, LSD was discovered. And then a bit before that, Gordon came from Mexico with oh, hallucinogenic mushrooms, mm-hmm. and, you know, all this craze about psychedelics and the mind expanding substances happened. And then, so there were a lot of that is done in the 50s and 60s around psychedelics, and then LSD was kind of bled out into into the mainstream, and people started using it. And if you if if you look back, there was the Vietnam War happening at the time, and then the counterculture movement started using <clears throat> psychedelics, and then they also said there is so much oneness and love around us, and the system it, it was always meant to suppress us, and mm-hmm. so they started uh having all these riots and went against the vietnam war happening at the time and so nixon at that time didn't want that like he wanted people to fight in vietnam right like how else can you make money for a nation if not through war there's mm-hmm. so much money made um made from that and so um psychedelics were banned in the 70s and they were associated with like there was so much propaganda. Uh, done. If you look through, you know, magazines, Life magazine, for example, that had lots of um, um, publications. It just goes from, you know, uh, how psychedelics are, um, you know, will make you mad, will are associated with addiction, are and all this type of things. But um, you know, Terence McKenna talks about this, and he says that um, psychedelics are a catalyst of intellectual dissent, and so. He was writing mm. in, in, I think it was the Archa- Archaic Revival um, that um, he was saying something along the lines that um, they are the ones that make you look differently at reality and mm. see how much domination it's put upon us. And so um, when you see that, and you see the, the harm that it does to, to society and to societies. You're like, no, I want to break free from all this, mm-hmm. right? I, I don't want to be part of it. And like you said, when you're on, on mushrooms, trees were talking to you. And um, when we are psychedelics, we are just so attuned to the cosmic and natural mm. laws. And, uh, we know that these structures we live in nowadays that are so modern and like, you know, good for us, they're actually detrimental to that, uh, alignment and to that, uh, to staying within the, the, um, the cycles of nature. And it's, it's funny because like back in ancient, uh, times when psychedelics were used and other modalities. When we were more in tune with nature and with the, the cosmic events, mm-hmm. uh, we knew that we were multidimensional beings, and there was so much around us. But now we are just tied to to being one dimensional, that uh, produces a lot of output for um, to support the system and a society. We are um, um, that makes money for others, so we tied time to money and to productivity, and so we are. Just like one sided now. This Mm. is all our purpose. But the thing is that we don't gain our worth from that. We are worthy and we are worth it Mm. just being being and living and uh, breathing. Like, even if I was, you know, just breathing on this earth and not doing anything, if I was paralyzed, I would still be worthless, you know, Mm. because consciousness, this actually came into through my last mushroom vision I had in, in Mexico, it's like we are all gifts on this earth because if there wasn't a reason for us to be here in this form we wouldn't be here. Consciousness, consciousness made it a way to explore itself through this form physical expression and um, it's just, it's beautiful like everything is God's love really. Mm. There is no bad good or bad. We are the ones putting judgments and creating yeah. systems. I really love how you put that and I love the insight that you got
1: from from the mushrooms <laughs> because you know we live in this society where we're not enough and we're we are being told that we need something else. We need to do another course or we need to buy these clothes or we need to live here. We need to look like this, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But we're never we're never good enough just as we are. And all them things that I just said, it's not that they're bad that you would ever bring them into your life, that you would explore new things because it's just that that is, like you mentioned then, consciousness wanting into experience itself. And that's what we do when we're curious and we're in that space of um just exploring an experience in life without the need to um, without any expectations without the need to prove anything or to get to an end goal but just the experience yeah
2: and and just think about this like we would be we wouldn't be as easily controlled and manipulated into doing certain things if we were not afraid and that Um, that's kind of the thing that psychedelics bring to us is like there is the only thing to fear is fear itself there is nothing to fear we are more resilient to to feel into all this like deep intense emotions that we have as human beings we are we are more expansive we we are infinitely creative uh we can do whatever we want but if you if you live but like, like that then then you're not necessarily compliant as much right right exactly and i think that's and one you're of the main reasons everything yeah. yeah no i was just going to say and that's
1: one of the main reasons why it has this um you know this feeling that it is oh it's a bad thing it's going to really destroy everything because when you go there and you start to see beyond this mask the veil that's been put over us and we really do see reality then things do start to shift and that is not going to serve the economy
2: or the system there is a great motivator you know and it, it brought us as a species this far right you mm-hmm. have to be fearful of things but it, it can also be very de- detrimental that's the only thing we live
1: by right and and you spoke earlier about um Taz McKenna's work as well. And I was wondering if you looked into the stoned ape theory that he was speaking about. Have you heard
2: that? Um Yeah, I, I do know about it, but I wouldn't I, I would I wouldn't know how to go too much into detail, but I do know what the stoned ape theory is. It, it
1: fascinates me because um one of the one of the theories is that the the apes took psilocybin or whatever Mm -hmm. else they took you know because they were being curious and eating things and then from this they they evolved because they were able to see things more clearly like visually it was more precise so that they could they could hunt better and then maybe they could catch bigger animals to eat which would have more fat on them which would help their brain to evolve and grow and this is just a theory but I was just wondering if you had a take on that or if you think it could be true that our evolution came from the apes
2: finding the mushrooms, I think, like, you know, as I was mentioning before, consciousness needs a uh, reason to explore itself and a uh, way to explore itself. So I feel like consciousness or God or the creation force, um, it just, when it's in, a, in an expanded uh, state, then it just goes. And it stops at nothing, and so the physical form it takes uh, hits limits, right? And being a um, an A is a limitation. Now, how else can you expand outwards it's just by trying, like pushing the limit? And mm-hmm. so, I don't know if this makes sense, but like taking mushrooms um, and uh, uh, like finding sensing for other things that can expand that limit and mm. mushrooms being or other substances being one of them, then it kind of makes sense in that in that way. Mm. And then um then you move from being a mate to being someone with a more evolved brain that has a prefrontal cortex and you know it can create all these things. And so yeah, it's it's a very valid theory. Like mm-hmm. you know you have <laughs> you you evolved from being a a single cell, cellular organism to um, to being, you know, everything else. So it, it does make sense. Yeah, I'm sure it plays a part
1: in our and evolution, just, for I, sure.
2: <laughs> yeah, because cause I think um, Charles Darwin was talking about the evolution of the species and how, you know, we've evolved from being, as I said, one singular organism to being ma- mammals and um, so, so on and so forth and so um, I think the mushrooms just sped up that profit. You know, yeah, I can see that it, it was just like it was just a shortcut. <laughs> yeah. So and, and 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 kind this kind of led me into this other thing that I wanted to mention that just kind of came to me as we yeah, were please. speaking. um. So my, my mother and I had this conversation around psychedelics because she's very religious and she believes in spirituality connection with God. And mm-hmm. she was asking like, why, why, you know, um, and why would you even do that? Why would you even, um, take psychedelics if, uh, if you can reach God through prayer, through uh, devotion, through all these practices.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And, um, I said, well right now in this modern age we are just so distracted easily distracted and devotion and prayer and all meditation they all need mm-hmm. much a long practice and consistent practice But like the valleys are almost like a shortcut
0: mm-hmm. to get
2: you there to see that there is more to life than just this um mm-hmm. physical ex- existence and so um again it just it's a shortcut to get people back into but you're not just a child spirituality than that, and I think it was the same with, with Yates,
1: Really, it was a mm. shortcut. I I love that, and I hope no, it makes it, sense. No, it makes perfect sense, and it reminds me of like something I've been speaking to recently with one of my friends, where she's just feeling stuck, and you know she's had her practice of uh, yoga and meditation for many many years. And she, she prays, she does her practices, she, she, you know, has that respect for nature, but there's still something and she describes it as being stuck. Like there's something she can't get through because she doesn't know that thing, what it is. She doesn't know what it is that's keeping her stuck. And so she asked me about microdosing mushrooms. Mm-hmm. And, and so we're exploring that together now. And actually, I think she reached out to you um, recently. Because it's something that she's just like, okay, well, maybe this is the thing that's going to give me that expansion to help me get over this this thing that's stuck in my way that I don't know how to, I don't know how to
2: approach it because she doesn't even know where it's hiding. Interesting. I mean, we do have lots of blockages that have been pushed in the in the conscious and we are not aware of them. And so there is there is layers upon layers of defense mechanisms that have been built so we don't access those mm. um and psychedelics could definitely like take you there and find out but i would say like microdosing is a good way to to start and explore how it feels
0: mm-hmm. but
2: i think that the macrodose will actually get her there like bash through that block whatever it is and 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 just like to also acknowledge the fact that sometimes we're not ready to look at the thing that you know Mm. um i i was talking to um, a friend of mine he's he's doing um like, uh, parts work and, uh, a lot like, uh, IFS, there are no internal family systems, mm-hmm. and he was working with lots of parts and kind of diving deeper into the subconscious and seeing what's there. And, uh, he did say that, um, in some, in some expanded states of consciousness, he, he would not be able to access various things because he was not ready. And so just mm. working the parts and working with other things around, um, to kind of uh, remove the ego and remove those um those parts that would defend that precious thing mm. um he was able to access the deeper thing and so um it's wow. you know th- there should be a readiness because sometimes our nervous system cannot handle that much mm. intensity so working your way through that and uh yeah it, it's very beneficial mm.
1: so Do you think that when you have a macrodose, when you take a higher dose, do you think that everything is offered to you or do you think you only experience what you can handle? Because I think this is one of the fears, you know, with people taking a a higher dose is that they're going to see something and they're not going to be able to handle it. And on the other side of it, they're going
2: to collapse and shatter. I think we are always given what we can handle. Um, however, the integration part is very important because um we and I think there there is this spiritual saying um I don't know where it comes from, but it's like God doesn't give you more than you can uh, handle um then you can carry right and so um i i think I think we do we don't have the ability like if something is shown or offered we have the ability and the resources we just have to know how to use those resources and like either ask for help or um learn how to use different tools and obviously that takes us out of our comfort zone and so a macro experience is always um like it's the macro experience is great but the most important part is always the integration part Maybe and, you could um, talk
1: more what, about, sorry, maybe you could say more about that as, as the preparation to taking it and then going on the journey and then having the, the care on the other side. What would mm-hmm. that look
2: like? So the preparation, like I I like to, to I like to look at this as very um, sacred, even if you're doing it um just to expand yourself, not just for healing, but like quasi-recreational, it's still when you put the intention and you prepare the set and setting, it's like you are creating this, um, you're creating the sacred sacredness mm-hmm. around the experience. So mm-hmm. my earlier experiences with like Cedric Sabine mushrooms have always been with the intention of self-discovery and having an open Mm -hmm. mind and um i would you know take the day off i would prepare myself by doing a brown grounding practice so the set and setting were very important like i would prepare my mind and my body for for this experience and i would treat it treat it as if it is something important for me because um it's not just you know um another drug that i want to use to um forget about things, right? So the preparation, um, the preparation consists in the intentionality you put into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you have a, when you put intentionality or you pour your energy, mental, physical, physical, and emotional into that thing, and it's almost like a devotional practice, right? Mm-hmm. So, and then from that, you uh, prepare your mind by, you know, preparing the set, the, the set, and then the setting, which is the environment. Uh, that you're going to experience that and whether it's a hike or whether it's um, um uh, at home uh, you're like oh i'm gonna probably want to paint. so let me bring all these things here i want to uh, use this music because this reminds me or allows me to dive into this emotion um i i want to take care of my body maybe a day or two before where i don't eat all the nasty foods right and so mm. um it, it so the preparation, yeah, it, it just when you put care and attention and love into something, um, you you, yeah, you create this sacredness. Mm-hmm. you know, you yeah, put yeah, it out in like, the universe, yeah. and this is a, an important, mm-hmm. precious thing to me, right.
1: I think that this is one of the most important steps because we're so used to doing things um, mindlessly not being present mm-hmm. with, with things that we're doing we're just going through the motions and even though we can go to a ceremony let's just say we can go to any ceremony but yeah we can show up and we can you know sing certain songs or we can do certain movements or we can turn up to our yoga mat whatever we're doing but if we're not fully there then we're exactly. not we're not fully showing up for the experience the same thing with like cooking your food or just going for a walk in nature like to get the full benefits of it and to interact with it is to be there with all your senses and that's one of the things that we are um becoming so disconnected from because of everything else around us that's taking our attention that's not actually natural that's that's man-made the technology the even the thoughts that are going through our mind like where have they come from and i i just i just love that this what you explained about the preparation because to me, that is key. It's like the foundation of whatever is going to unfold within the journey. So if you were doing a macrodose, would you recommend that people have someone there? Like, um, you know, we say a shaman or a medicine man or woman, or I don't know any of the tests <laughs> that will be used. Or is it safe to do it alone with someone that you love or trust?
2: Um, oh, wow. Well, well th- this is, quite controversial <laughs> yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, so I think that it's always important to do it with someone that you trust. And if you trust a, a shaman, if you trust um, a friend, if you trust um, someone that has a lot of experience with it, it's like your comfort level. You'll, you want to enter this experience um, feeling comfortable because when you're comfortable, you, you, you allow yourself to Expand like your body, mm. like not holding on to any fear. So, um I myself did my first mushrooms, mushroom, mushroom experiences. I've had them, as I said before. I was intentionally preparing for all of them, but I did them by myself, mm. and that's because I. Well, there are a few a few reasons. First of all, I, I kind of know. Like I know I can handle a lot of things unpredictable things, so um, I wasn't necessarily too afraid of losing it or losing or not being able to have a grip on things right. um so in that sense i I knew myself and even even um like when I had um my first um, like when I had my first ego death experience, i like I definitely exited this, this realm and I found myself in this other place. And it was also strange. And my first thought that came to mind, okay, well, if I'm here, let's might as well, might as well just have fun. And so, um, that's the mindset I have. It's like, I know I can make the most out of any situation given to me. So mm. I, in that sense, I knew like, I could handle anything really. Oh, awesome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's do this let's have a t- let's have a great life. Well, so so far <laughs> yeah so far um but then if you're choosing someone um to do it with then choose someone you're comfortable with and whatever your comfort level is whether it's knowledge whether it's emotional safety whether it you know they've been through that uh before um i myself you know i'm influenced by other people's energies. And so mm-hmm. um being by myself, it just like allows me a full self-expression and, and, and like going into this weird state of being that I want to explore, that I'm like not fully confident that I can bring up but yeah. if, if yeah. there was someone else there then i would probably be less comfortable but mm. even with myself there is still the, this judgment It's like oh my yes. gosh is this really 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 me and then sorry so to allow those parts to come out then uh-huh. i had to be by myself right uh, um yeah. and i think i think it's safe to do a, a journey between you know a gram and two and a half grams by yourself if you have um, the right preparation beforehand. Mm. So you can prepare with someone that has been through that experience. And also um, preparing some tools just in case things go wrong, then having those tools handy. Maybe calling that person that helped you um, prepare or maybe knowing that movement or music or changing the setting can definitely uh, change the way you feel if you're, like, spiraling down. So, um, you know, there are various elements to this. But, um, yeah. Do you
1: have a mantra or anything like that when you feel like you're kind of losing your anchor?
2: Uh, My breath. Mm. My breath is my mantra. (laughs) Because I think my breath is is the... um, um, the tool that allows me to to change how i feel and to feel more in my body you know
1: this reminds me so much of giving birth um the things that you're talking about you know the preparation the being around people that you trust and you feel safe with or alone if that feels better because you're in the state of like ultimate expansion and then the things that are important are okay like how are you going to find your anchor if you start to spiral and the breath is one of them, was one of them for me, was the thing that held me there. And and I do think just as we're talking, these experiences we've taken, uh psychedelics are really they correspond to so many things in our life. When we ask ourselves, you know, like, okay, I'm going to this event or I'm doing this project or I'm interacting with these people. It's like, okay, how can I prepare? And how can I and how, what will make me feel safe there? Are these people comforting to me? Do I trust them? Trust them? Do they see me? You know, these things that we can start questioning in our day-to-day life just by having these experiences with psychedelics, like the crossover. And yeah, we're just about to go into like the aftercare. And, and I think maybe you're going to touch on the integration, which is extremely important going on that journey and then coming back and how to integrate it into this reality
2: mm. mm-hmm. the best way for me and i've seen it with with clients is that just give yourself space and time right after the experience so not going immediately immediately into your daily routine or to your duties or whatever you need to do. It's like give yourself the next 24 to 48 hours, like right after a macro journey, time to just sit with what happened, with the experience. And maybe uh, uh, you can start expressing it through um, through sounds or through like vocalizing or through painting, not necessarily through putting words and labels to it because language tends to, um get in the way. In <laughs> you know, sense to minim, minimize, minimize the experience, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so the aftercare, right? The immediate aftercare should be space mm. for you to just be with what was. Um and whether it's say, going uh walk in nature or whatever it is, just like taking mm. it slowly, really. That's um beautiful. and then <laughs> And then, um, doing journaling, like journaling about the experience and, um, the insights that came and the themes. And maybe, um, you can start with like free form, uh, journaling where you just pour it out on paper and then going back a few days or weeks after to kind of extract, um, you know, themes and, mm-hmm. um, insights and, um, you know, growing edges, or maybe fears, or um, blockages, or um, new new ideas that came through and that don't really fit into uh, your life. Um, maybe realizations about how you show up in different relationships, or how what sparks your interest, or makes you feel alive, or um, <clears throat> drains you of energy. So all these things are really good insights, and so having that. Um, you can use that information to kind of look at it and ask yourself, okay, like, what do I want to bring more of into my life to kind of um, bring more aliveness and joyfulness, right? Because that's the whole point of living, is like, mm. enjoy it, right? right? And so uh, what are the smallest steps I can take, the smallest tweaks I can make maybe to my daily r- routine or to my weekly routine or to that um, would bring me closer to, to those feelings, you know, Mm, and start integrating that. And obviously there's going to be like, when you're not in an expanded state of consciousness, your old self kind of comes back online and the ego is like, you know, this is the story I've been telling about myself. Yeah. This is how I interact with people. This is what, how I do things like you cannot do things otherwise. So there's going to be a lot of resistance coming up. And so knowing that that's happening and uh, working with it, um, not to trying to forcefully work through it, but like acknowledging it and thanking it for uh, the purpose it served up until now, but now you're willing to step into outside of your comfort zone try and experience new things um it's a way it's a good attitude to have when you start incorporating all these new things into your life right yeah right well thank you for sharing all that that's
1: really good to get people started
2: (laughs) so there is no there is no formula really for it it's just like it's an attitude that you should have towards uh towards things and uh question everything it's like why, why I felt this way uh, when I was in my journey, and why can I feel this way again? And what's mm-hmm. blocking me, or how can I get there, or um, you know, things like that? Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Well, I'd like to before because we're coming too close to the end, and I want to get a few oh more my god, in. it's been an hour! I know it's crazy, but yeah. I want to get these questions in because this is amazing. So I'd love for you to just share about microdosing and how it differs from microdosing and how the preparation would be the diff- would be different or the same and what practices that you can do on your microdosing journey.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um okay so microdosing um versus macrodosing um, as i mentioned macrodosing is a state where you are you are having all these um, altered state of consciousness where you experience things that are out of the normal. Whereas uh, in um, the 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 amount of psilocybin mushrooms that you use for that it's um, anything above uh, I don't know, probably a gram. Um, so then you have microdosing, which is uh, taking a small amount, which is supra meaning that. Um, it's gonna alter alter maybe your mood and energy level and your focus level, but it's not gonna make you trip. You're not gonna mm-hmm. feel like you are taking any psychedelic substance. You're just gonna have. It's gonna feel more like a second cup of coffee without the jitters right? So everything becomes alive. You're it's vibrant. You're seeing more vibrant colors. You're excited about the day. So it, there is this uplift. Um, so that's kind of what people could expect with the microdose. It's not guaranteed, right? Yeah. Um, keep Keep in mind that psychedelics are non-specific amplifiers. So like If you keep more mode is like being anxious, then you're probably gonna um, uh, amplify that a bit. So mm-hmm. just be prepared to to have tools that you can ground yourself with. And so microdosing can be done um, using various protocols, which is, we've talked about this before, either Stamets protocol, Mm -hmm. which is four days on and three days off. You can use Fadiman's protocol, um, one day on, two days off, Um, and or you can use one day on, one day off, one day on, one day off. Uh, I suggest people starting with, um, you know, um, Fadiman because you have a day on, you'll feeling to what the microdose you know did for you you have the the day after which you can have a trace over afterglow and then the Mm -hmm. third day would be a full-on reset day and then when you start over again it's just like i mean from baseline because the reason for these breaks are to um not um be like to decrease the tolerance that builds up in your body um Mm -hmm. and so you know, finding, finding a good source of, of a microdosing kit, or knowing your protocol, having an intention, doing it with intention. Um, I like on the day of a microdose to, own, to start with a grounding practice before. So it can either be, you know, like down on the ground and shealing into your body, doing a body scan or meditating or like like yoga practice, whatever it is, to come back into your body. And then setting an intention for the day. Um, and I like the intention to be an anchor, not a goal, where, yeah. you know, like, I will be open for this to happen, you know, for, for, I will be open for anything to happen. That could yeah. be an intention. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then pay attention, pay attention to how the day unfolds and then kind of take note. And, you know, as I mentioned, I like, I like tracking systematically for the first 30 days, both days on and days off. Um, How are you feeling? So say, for example, you want your intention for this first 30 days to improve, um, to feel more into your body, right? And so so then you can um, pay attention to that aspect of your life. 12, 30 days as you microdose and how it shifts from microdose microdose on, uh, versus the, micro, the day when you don't microdose. Mm. Uh, so that's kind of the preparation for microdosing.
1: That's great information. Mm-hmm. I, I really found that when I, when I um, have done it in the past that I've experienced something different every time. And one of the things that really came out of it for me where I noticed a shift was that I I had a change in relationship with food because when I was younger I used to be bulimic and it used to always come Mm -hmm. up for me when things would happen I'd be like I want to binge you you know and then I would feel guilty so then I would vomit or I'd want to just have that sensation of being empty and Mm -hmm. I didn't even go in with the expectation of like um healing the wound of this or even overcoming this um you know this practice that I was doing that I thought was helping me in some way but just like spontaneously, my relationship with food changed, and it wasn't even it wasn't like oh, I've noticed that now I don't want to do that it just I just realized later down the line, like, oh, I don't have the urge to fill myself up with food anymore to feel to feel comfort i just didn't i didn't have that anymore and it was amazing to me because we can go in with all the intentions and and everything like that and focuses, but actually it's as though the, the plant healed aspects of myself that I didn't even, I wasn't even aiming for, you know? Like, I didn't even know mm. I, I still had work to do on it. So that was really an amazing thing that I noticed. And just how more present I felt, you know? Like, I, I felt so much more present after I'd done um, a month of microdosing using um, post-dummit regime. I just felt like, I had so much more space, and I
2: was able then in that space to be more creative, which I I really love. That's why the best intention is to be open to whatever comes up. And that's why I said it's an anchor, it's not a goal. That's the first time Um, I've heard that
1: term. I love it, like having the anchor, not the goal. I love it.
2: Well, you know, let me explain this because, um, in my experience, so one of the the things is, I wanted to work on like I'm I'm still controlling, right? Like I, I still have this aspect of self that wants to control the environment and other people and how things turn out, turn out. And so um you know, I kind of worked through that um a bit and so um sometimes when I was microdosing I the intention would be, okay, well let's see um I'm going to be open to um, new ideas, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's kind of the opposite of being controlling and like allowing things to unfold the the way they they are meant to and just get Mm. curious about it. And so when something in my day would happen where I would feel that part of me that would want to control the outcome, I would go back to the intention and I would be like, but what if I get curious instead of controlling? What if I look at this? from a different angle and so it was a good reminder for me that's why I say it's an anchor it's a good reminder for me that this is what I intended right so I shouldn't go back into my old ways and amplifying that story just go and you know use this as a reminder as an anchor to, oh,
1: to yeah, stay that's in, great. In
2: what you wanted yeah oh yeah that's awesome I like the way of looking at that when you were talking about your relationship with food, I had a similar situation in my relationship with wine. Like mm-hmm. I used to love coming up to work and just like have a glass of wine or mm-hmm. two. <laughs> and and it, was, it was just like, you know, and just lying on the couch, not worrying. And I felt like the natural way to relax after a long, busy, stressful day. But it actually, I was numbing out a lot of emotion. And yeah. so... Yeah, when I when I started psychedelic like doing psychedelics and microdosing, um, that whole relationship change. And nowadays, I really drink mm. wine. It's I like, love it. I love it. Like it's good. Yes, but
1: it's like doing um, these journeys with psychedelics is the opposite. It's like okay, let's feel, let's not know. Mm-hmm. Well. let's be with everything that's there. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: exactly. exactly.
1: <laughs> so just to finish i wanted to ask if there is any research that's that you found on um pregnant women or breastfeeding mamas taking psychedelics or maybe there is some history in tribes or communities that that still take it today or have taken it and it's it's kind
2: of seen as normal that's a question that comes up a lot um and i know because you know yo everyone wants to to try the benefits and now that you're a mother you have someone else to care for and you know the motivation behind is like am I gonna you know do something that's gonna harm my 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 child and it's it's a very sure, sure concern to have and to this date there are no longitudinal studies that have looked at it and have um there, there is no evidence but like just if you look at the general population and how they've used psychedelics and microdosing, um, the safety profile of these substances, is it low or high? It's like, they are very safe. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave, David Natt was um, someone that uh, put together this chart. And if you look it up on on, um, on Google, you'll see that all the substances we use, including sugar and alcohol and you Know heroin, cocaine, and all that, and uh, how, how harmful they are, and and compared to LSD and um, psilocybin mushrooms, and you see that psilocybin mushrooms and LSD are like very, very safe, and they're actually good for addiction and all that. So, to answer that, uh-huh, that's your cool. Question,
1: I'll put that, yeah, in the show notes. That's interesting,
2: yeah. I think I can send you a link to that um, graph. Um, awesome, just to see, yeah. But so, judging based on that, um, you know, I can't, I can't really say that um, ha- has been any data. Um, however, there are tribes that have been, um, you know, using, um, either peyote or ayahuasca um, mm-hmm. for women that would be, you know, uh, either pregnant or breastfeeding and, um, in like tribes in Mexico, I can't remember exactly, or in Peru, can't remember exactly the names, but I can send them to you. Um,
1: oh, so, that'd be cool. Yeah,
2: yeah I love to read they, that. They had yeah, they have been used. Oh, um, Shapiba Shapibo tribe in Amazon, they would use you know small ones of ayahuasca.
0: Yeah, I heard on the nipple of the mother. Mm-hmm. on the nipple of the
2: mother mm-hmm. while well,
1: breastfeeding, and I I read that one. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's the new one. I didn't know about that one. <laughs> but, yeah. Kids I having a great time. To... Oh, my God. That's amazing. <laughs> well, you know what? The It's funny because uh, children's brain are already like an expanded state of consciousness. I think they are already there with all this DMT. So I don't think it does much to them. <laughs> yeah, they're just like, this is normal.
1: <laughs> that's why yeah, they can exactly. teach us so much. They can teach us so much just by observing them. Oh well, this has just been an incredible conversation and I, I feel like we've unpacked a lot. And there's also so much more to unpack, but this is this is the journey, right? There's it's coming back to life again now and people are hearing about using psychedelics. And I just think conversations like this are a really great way to dispel some of the myths and um, support people to explore this in a safe way. And if you could, it would be great for you just to take the stage and share with the listeners, where they can find you and what you have to offer
2: right now? Um, so they can find me on Instagram at MyProducingGuru or my website, which is MyProducingGuru.com. Um, and I have uh, actually, it's very exciting to have um, uh, a women's retreat coming up in Costa Rica in November. And um I'm inviting all women to to join me because the previous one in April was amazing. We are gonna use mm. like the whole theme for it is death, death and rebirth and looking at all self and shedding that and kind of um looking in new parts of self to create a life that you love and it's fully fulfilling. So we're gonna use psychedelics and other modalities to step outside of our comfort zone and get creative. I answer all my DMs uh, in a very timely manner. <laughs> the email that they can find me at is hello at room. that That's um, also on the website. And um, yeah, I, I have lots of resources around microdosing that they can read on the website. Um,
1: You're doing incredible work, Anna. Thank you so much. And all this information you give me, I'm going to put in the show notes as well so that people can find you and take advantage of what you have to offer.
2: Thank you you so much for having me, Daniel. Thank you.
0: It's been wonderful.